Nikki. I'm your host of Let's Talk Robotics, and I hope you're well wherever you are in the world listening to this episode. We currently have an audience in over 100 countries, so I hope you're enjoying the journey of discovering the roboticist and AI specialists in Australia. And today I have another one. Teresa Vidal Kalaja is Associate Professor at the UTS Robotics Institute and Deputy Head of School research of the School of Mechanical and Mechatronics Engineering at UTS. She is also a board member of the Australian Robotics and Automation Association and senior member of the IEEE. Teresa, welcome and thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Nikki, for inviting me to this podcast. No, it's great. As I mentioned, um, I, I love finding all these, these specialists in robotics and AI in Australia. And you all so quietly just going about your business. We don't even know about you. So I'm making it my life's mission to find you all and get you on this podcast. So, um, And I appreciate you extremely busy. So you got your mechanical engineering degree in Mexico. And from there, your journey has been all over the world. Can you tell us a little bit about it and how you you ended up being an associate professor at UTS. Sure. Um, yeah, I, as you mentioned, I did my uh, mechanical engineering degree in Mexico. I also did a master's uh, in mechatronics in Mexico. Um, then I decided to move to Barcelona to do my PhD in robotics and, and computer vision. Uh, my, at that time, my scholarship gave me the opportunity to go to visit, um, to do research visits into, into different research labs. And I chose to go to, well, to the University of Oxford first, to the active um, vision lab. And my second, <laughs> uh, my, my, my second option, uh, which I also took was to come to Australia to the University of Sydney, then the Australian uh, Centre for Field Robotics. So that was my first, <laughs> um, yeah, like my first touch with Australia. I got, yeah, I really uh, like it. So I really wanted to come back. Uh, when I go, went back to Barcelona and finished my PhD, I got offered a postdoc in France in Toulouse. So I moved to Toulouse, and after a, a year and a half, I got a Spanish grant to come uh, to to do a postdoc in a in a country that and a research lab that I will choose, and I chose uh, to come back to Australia. So yes, I came back to Sydney Uni, and a few years after, I moved to UTS. So that's how I ended up where am I now? Listen, it. it- it sounds so um, diverse. Just as a matter of interest, how many languages do you speak? Uh, <laughs> well, I, I speak um, three languages. Uh, well, first, Spanish. Yeah, I'm native, native Spanish. Um, I speak English. <laughs> I'm good enough, I guess. <laughs> um, Perfect English, yes. <laughs> I, I speak a bit of French and a bit of Catalan as well. 
look, I, I, I always answer this because I think um, people that speak uh, are bilingual or trilingual, or even more in your case, it activates different parts of the brain. So I always say to parents with young children, if you can, get them to learn another language. It's a, it's a really, it's a skill for them and it, it just stands them in good stead. Of course, which language you choose, of course, that's highly debatable living in Australia, which one's going to be handy for you. But um, obviously in Europe, um, I'd imagine French would be handy or German or something like that. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, yeah, my, uh, that's when my son uh, was born, we decided uh, like I will speak only to, in Spanish to him so he could get pick up the language. And um, how old is he now? He's 10. He's 10. So does he still speak Spanish? Yeah, he does. Uh, oh, excellent. Uh, he, obviously, his first language is English, but yes. yeah, he's, he's fluent in Spanish. So tell me, Teresa, what, what sparked your love for robotics and, and your interest in it? Oh, this, um, uh, my both parents are engineers. So I think that that kind of <laughs> set me to, in that direction of uh, definitely engineering. So it was all my, when I was a kid, I was always challenged with uh, problem solving <laughs> games and things like that so I think that that that's where it comes from uh, but the, the robotics specifically um I don't know I guess that was kind of the, a very new field when I started to do my uh my engineering degree and it just from the very beginning, I thought, oh, like, I really want to do this, like this automation and robotics, seeing the mobile robots uh, move them by themselves. I, I found it fascinating. So from the very beginning of my engineering degree, I knew I wanted to do robotics. And you've worked in different countries and obviously, like, so what are some of the difficulties and things that you've encountered in your journeys? I think one of them was, uh, like, the, the first one for sure is the language as, as yeah. we um, as we discuss a bit I mean it's 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 a great skill but the, that you have to gain and if that it's only with time and practice where you gain this skill um, yeah when I moved to Barcelona you would expect that it will be easy for somebody who speaks Spanish, but um, half of the population in Barcelona speak Catalan, and that's uh, their first language. So that was kind of, I, I, I knew that, and I actually studied Catalan before going to Barcelona, but it's still like you yeah. get in and suddenly people talk to you in Catalan and you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, so... That I think that's kind of the first barrier that you have to pass to to yeah to the first difficulty that you have when you get to a new country. And um, I mean, same same similarly when I moved to France and in Australia was less shocking, yeah. <laughs> but um, but it's still I mean the accents are very different. I, in as a Mexican, I'm used to American accent. Well, I I used to be used. <laughs> yeah American accent and uh the Australian accent was a bit of a shock at the beginning 
Now, we, we're both immigrants to Australia, so I know what you're talking about, and not to offend any Australians out there, but if you listen to the Australian accent out of Australia, it's very harsh. Now, I mean, my I think my South African accent has calmed down, although I'm told that I still sound as I arrived here, but talking about English, you know, I'm, I consider myself um, quite proficient in, in English. I understand the words, but when I came to Australia, I made some real you know, faux pas of the way I use the language in terms of how Australian use it. And, and as I said, I consider myself to be a reasonably good speaker of the language and command of it. So I can imagine the challenges that you face. And I suppose also in a professional sense, you know, or do you think the, the engineering language is universal? I think in in, uh, in the professional setting, it's, it's simpler because there's yeah. a lot of technical um, the, the technicisms are simpler right? and we use them even in Spanish or even French we, we use yeah. more the English term so it, it becomes very yeah it actually becomes easier to speak oh that's in great <laughs> but in, 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 it definitely becomes in English I mean it happens when I'm invited to present my work in for instance in in Mexico or in Spain I normally give my talks in English um, and not, not, it's because it just sounds more natural uh, for the technical language. Yeah. I, so what have been some career highlights for you? Uh, you know, you, you've done a lot. So have you got any insights that you would have done things differently? Yeah, I mean, I guess they, we, we've been speaking about my career highlights. I think, um, I, I mean, I consider myself very lucky to being being able to work in all these different research labs all over the world um, and I think that yeah gave me a good perspective of how is the not I mean not only in robotics research um, worldwide but also like the cultures and, and, it, and different lifestyles in Europe and well America and, and, and Australia so I think that I think that's one of my highlights. Uh, if I would, uh, what if I'd done something different? I'll, I, I believe that um, if you know where you want to go, doesn't really matter which path you take. So I, I, yeah, I will probably do things differently again. But I think, um, well, the hope is I will get to to, to the same place where I, I want to be or where I, where am I which now it's um, I'm pretty happy with yeah, yeah listen I, I think it's a little bit of an unfair question because you know hindsight is always great but you know if I knew that well of course I would have done things differently but when you're given a set of circumstances with the person you are at the time well that's how I dealt with it because that's just what I knew how you know I think people obviously want to do the best they can in every opportunity so um yeah that that's a bit of a booby trap question tell people that ask you that again you're not answering that question (laughs) (laughs) I mean I I think it's it's good to think about it um so but yeah I think there are options and if I mean if they are good options have any any will do you know yeah I agree (laughs) opportunities are yeah so you're an expert in robotics focusing on enabling field robots and intelligent systems to be deployed in environments that are hazardous or difficult for people to access. Can you give us some examples of projects that you've worked on? 
Yeah, sure. Um, when I moved to UTS, I started working in a project funded by Sydney Water and other water utilities. And it was looking at technologies to improve the condition assessment of the water pipes of our drinking water. Um, so one of the examples, I mean, that this project was, it's been a long-standing collaboration with Sydney Water. And today we have robots that are deployed in this Sydney Water Network. So, I mean, that's exactly where people don't want to go yes. <laughs> inside pipes. Um, so I think that's a pretty good example. Another example is um, I have a collaboration with um, um, the German Aerospace um, Center, DLR. Uh, and um, with them, we are looking at uh, robots in planetary environments. <laughs> so we look at perception algorithms to be able to localize autonomous robots in environments that don't have like visual distinctiveness. distinctiveness. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so um, my, uh, another example is one of my projects is in, um, with Meat and Livestock Australia. And we are looking at uh, at uh, yeah, deploying technology in avatars and and on farms, um, and I think yeah, that's also a place where where robots um, can 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 help humans in a uh, in oh. environments that are harsh. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I listened to a talk on, um, I think Meat and Livestock actually sent a representative to an automation talk that I listened to, and the sheer scale and volume of meat going through an abattoir and the preciseness of what's needed in the actual cut, it, it was an eye-opening talk. You know, when you go into the supermarket and you look at the little bits of meat and stuff that you're buying, I don't think anyone has got an ideal concept of how what goes on in the background to get this little piece of meat out there for you to buy and enjoy. That, that's correct. <laughs> it's um, it's an yeah, in a very large industry in Australia, and there is a lot of um, yeah, a lot of processes that need to happen before yes. we get the meat in the supermarkets. Yeah, and they they trying to improve all these processes to to make um, yeah better better assessments, better predictions, and that's where our work comes in, like uh, in objective measurement and measures uh, to to guide better decisions and um, to predict yield in a better way. Yeah, absolutely fascinating um, industry there. So you're currently working on two projects funded by the Australian Research Council, um, an ARC discovery project on robotics perception and unconventional sensors, and then industry training and transformation center in cohorts for advanced manufacturing, which of course has just been released. So tell us a little bit about these projects. Yeah, sure. Um, so the first project, the ARC discovery uh, for uh, robotics perception with unconventional sensors, this comes, the motivation comes actually from the infrastructure maintenance side, from the this deploying robots in, in, in um, the Sydney Water Network in, um, and places like this. So we are trying to usually Robots uh, use sensors like cameras or lasers to understand and navigate in the environment, to, to understand and localize themselves to make decisions. In the, in the infrastructure maintenance side, uh, we have other types of sensors that allow 
allows um, systems to make decisions on how the infrastructure is, for instance, magnetic sensors uh, in, in, in pipes, in uh, steel pipes or, or cast iron pipes are very, uh, are, are the way to go because they can tell you how much left of the material you have in a pipe, when to replace the pipe. Um, so this project is a fundamental uh, research project that aims to look at how can we use the sensors that need to be used for infrastructure maintenance for robotic navigation, right? To be able to localize and, uh, and, and, and build them up with, uh, with sensors that are not commonly used in robotics. Mm -hmm. Um, so the other project funded by the ARC, it's an it's a industry transformation, uh, training and transformation center um, for cobots in advanced manufacturing. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a collaboration between QT, Swinburne, and UTS. Uh, I actually uh, listened to your latest podcast with Jonathan Roberts, who is the... Um, the lead, uh, the director of the center. So what we are, as, as he mentioned, we are trying to, uh, imp uh, to, to make an impact in the Australian manufacturing industry to have um, better technology to improve the processes. Uh, and um, yeah, we, we want to do it with, with robots that help humans. Not, we, don't, we are not trying to replace, uh, to replace humans. We are trying to help them to do their tasks easily or, or more safely. Yeah, so as Jonathan mentioned in his talk, if you're doing your job well in robotics, you don't need to go back again. So it's very hard to commercialize good ideas because once the solution is there, well, your, your customer, your client has got it and you go, you've helped them so well that you can just go buy it. So on the one hand, if you talk about robotics startups and things, um, it's a continual struggle for how do you monetize it in your services and things. But the initiative of... Um, the cowbots um, center that you've got up there, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I mean, the initiation is, it's not, um, it's, it's for all of Australia. And I think you've, um, it's overseas as well. You've got a collaboration going there. So the, um, the industry, and for those of you who haven't listened to Jonathan's episode that Teresa is talking about, it's an excellent collaboration between industry and, um, and academia to, to foster automation and robotics in the country. So well worth a listen there. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, and the, the project is, um, yeah, it's very interesting if, uh, from the point of view that we really want to make an impact in this industry. So we, we, our, the PhD students that we will be training, they will spend a year in the, with our different partners to solve, help them solve the specific problems and help them um, um, yeah, get the, the, the technology going in their uh, specific um, uh, applications. So. Listen, and I think as well, the actual collaboration between um, Swinburne, UTS, and then, of course, up in, in Queensland, I, I, I see great value in there, in that, that the, the um, academic institutions are actually talking to each other and collaborating there, because sometimes, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you know this in the robotics field, you can be doing something and then you find out someone else is doing it somewhere else, you go, I don't know about that, like, you know, why, <laughs> why didn't you tell me? <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and that, that's, that's spot on, uh, Nikki. I think, uh, for instance, the Europe 
European uh, Union is doing a pretty good job trying uh, to to make the roboticists together, to, to make them work together through the European projects. And I think Australia was kind of, um, yeah, a bit behind in this, in this area where we don't, we were kind of um, doing our own projects at our own university and not collaborating um, with, with other institutions or research institutions. Now, um, with, the, with this um, industry transformation centers and, and their research hubs, I think there is a big incentive to do this. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with this collaboration. I think it, uh, it's very exciting um, to, to collaborate with, uh, with roboticists that you know and you never work with. So it's, it's very exciting. I couldn't agree with you more. And I always use the example of a rising tide lifts all ships. So, you know, it's not collaboration doesn't mean someone's going to get something from you and you're going to, you're going to lose something. It's not. Everyone gains. It's a win-win for everyone. Yep, I, so, I agree. <laughs> your, your next project that you'll be starting on is a CRCP project. So you'll have to tell me what that is. Um, Aria Bio, Bionic Visual Spatial Process thesis that I say that for the blind with ARIA industry partner. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so CRCP is a government uh, initiative. It's a collaborative research uh, center and the P is for a project. So because okay. there could be a center uh, that encompasses many industry partners and you work for a specific um, um, yeah, common topic, let's say CRCP there is a CRC in advanced manufacturing. So many industry partners uh, join the center and then they get small projects funded through the center. The CRCP is it's slightly different. It's for a one or there could be many specific partners, but um, it's mainly one partner and the uh, research institution that helped uh, on the developments of the of, of whatever it's proposing this project. So this this project is about um, helping blind people uh, to navigate with um, with um, wearable devices. In this case, uh, it's it's glasses. Uh, so it's um, it's. You might think this is very different to working with robots, but it's it's actually not. It's exactly <laughs> so. What we what we are developing there are algorithms for localization and mapping and understanding of the world, which is exactly the thing, the same thing I do with other robots. But in this case, the the the, the it's the blind people who get this um, this information. I think the um, this project is also developed gonna develop the interface of trying to trans, uh, transfer the understanding of the sensors to the human. And that's one of the big challenges. And um, this is also a collaboration between the University of Sydney and UTS. And uh, there, is, there are researchers from both uh, universities also looking at the interface uh, with the humans. How do we transmit uh, the, the, the distance to objects, the, 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 the fact that uh, there is a table in front and a, um, uh, a car is passing. Uh, how do we transfer this information to the human? And yeah, the, 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 so the industry partner has already a technology available that we are um, developing further. Uh, we're 
sound transmits and uh, like different types of sounds uh, it's what the human gets as a as an interface to to be able to navigate in 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 our world Listen, I think it's fascinating. If you consider that I think it costs the, the Blind Dog Society $40,000 to raise a dog that um, that's an assistive um, dog for a, a dis blind, disabled person. So imagine having a, a pair, putting on a pair of glasses and you're able to walk and something signals to you that there's a door in front of you. Um, there's two steps going down and um, there's an open space in front of you that typically your dog would be doing that for you or giving you signals to stop. If you've got the technology to do this, I think it's absolutely fantastic. No, no, I think, yeah, that, that the, what this uh, company started working on, uh, it, it's, it's amazing. And I think if we achieve something that can be used uh, by blind people uh, pretty soon, uh, that will be, I think, really like an amazing uh, yeah, uh, thing to have. Um, yeah. There are, there, there are, um, Sorry, that <laughs> they have been working a lot with the blind community to to get more and more feedback on what's the best way to um, yeah to to provide this feedback to them. So it's yeah, it's very interesting. I, I I've actually got friends with dogs because this is why I know about the dogs that um, and some of the dogs that they actually um, train up and spend all this money and the dogs then actually some of them don't qualify to become um, assistive dogs because they naughty or they chase something or they bark at something so you know it's a bit hit and miss the money that's invested in these animals and I mean they're great dogs I mean they're absolutely beautiful so um, I. Personally, I think let the dogs be dogs. I mean, but and if there's this technology that that you can use to enable and assist um, uh, blind disabled people to navigate their world, it's it's absolutely fantastic. This is where it all comes into its own, and the money and development that's spent in robotics and AI. So um, I think we'll have another podcast in a few months' time to raise or to find out about where your work's going on that. Oh, for sure. That's, yeah, that'll be yes. fun. Yeah, hopefully I have more. So we're just starting the project. It's just literally kicking up. Fabulous. Uh, so we'll, we'll touch back again and we'll circle around back to that again and see how you're doing. So tell me, like, what excites you about your day? Um, you know, I, you mentioned you've got a son. So um, obviously your son excites you. All children excite us all the time. <laughs> they excite us and challenge us. Yes. <laughs> Every <what> day. <laughs> You'll be delighted. Play this podcast, Tim. Let him know. This is what we said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. um, yeah, well, like, I guess uh, from my, my, what excites me the most in, in my day is that problem solving and not only for work related, robotics related issues, I mean, only some related issues, right? So, uh, and obviously try to, yeah, to, to kind of nurture my son into this, um, I think, yeah philosophy of solving problems <laughs> it's fun <laughs> um yeah but um yeah once a kid is in school I think the the part that excites me the most is that talking with my other kids with <laughs> my PhD students postdocs um discussing all the uh, their research questions their problems uh, trying to solve 
uh, the new algorithm, come up with the new algorithm, um, uh, trying to solve the issue with the convergence of the system, or, uh, that that kind of thing is what excites me the most. And that's that's the when I have my the meeting with my students is kind of the best part of the day. So tell me, do you think your son will follow in a career of robotics and engineering, or um... <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, he definitely likes math, but I, I don't know what he. You know, like in the teenagers, probably when they can turn. <laughs> who knows where? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they get from one perfectly normal human being, they, they evolve into something else. You go, who are you? <laughs> yeah. <A> teenager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he will like he So far, he likes engineering. I mean, probably similar to my experience, his uh, dad is also engineer and he's also a roboticist. So, Poor, poor thing doesn't see much, <laughs> much of Listen, I don't think there's anything poor about him out to your audience. And Teresa's face is lighting up. She, she, you, it's obvious she loves what she do, does. So um, if you have the opportunity, make sure you become a student of hers because um, her love is evident for uh, her topic. Teresa, any lessons along the way that you've learned um, in closing for our audience, especially maybe women considering robotics as a career journey, uh, any insights that you want to share with them? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's an excellent point. And I, actually, when I was thinking lessons learned, I think, I mean, once, I think something I've done um, through my career is try to not follow stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't get discouraged by um yeah by 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 kind of how the society wants you to where the society thinks you should go and where um where you should go so i think that that's one of the lessons or more like an advice that for for women in that it's are interested in fields in male dominated fields like um, engineering or, or robotics. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I think that's, uh, I guess, some good advice I could say is just try to follow your interests and don't worry about what people think. Um, it's it's much more rewarding, I think. I think that's really, it's really sound advice. And I, I think for women such as yourself and myself, we you know, obviously we get asked these questions for younger women starting out. And of course, things are daunting for them when they start out their careers and they may not have the experience and insights that you develop as you go along your journey. And, you know, that's just to be expected. But I think what you've mentioned here is stay true to your passion and what you enjoy doing because your competency will get connected to that and you'll be recognized for that. It's, it becomes immaterial what gender you are. It's more how enthusiastic and how, how good are you at what you're actually doing. Yeah, no, for sure. And then look, uh, yeah, there, yeah my, there might be barriers to sort. And for instance, when you arrive to your first lecture in the university and you are the, the, the only woman in the lecture. I mean, it's a bit shocking, but uh, you get used to it. And even, yeah, you start even liking it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, just, um, it's just, 
yeah, kind of passing through these small, um, yeah, kind of roadblocks that let you get to the point where you want to be. No, that's a very, that's a very um, pertinent point because I've spoken to a few women that they go, well, they may be one of two or maybe in some cases the only one. And, you know, again, look at you, look how, how far you've evolved in your career, how well you've done. And that obviously, you know, you recognize, okay, I'm the only woman. Okay, so move on. You know, clearly I want to be here and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So um, if I want to hang out with other women, then I do it after my lecture or whatever you do. So um, to all, all ladies listen or women listening to this and you're thinking of a career in robotics, um, Teresa, look at her example and go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, so in closing, I'm mindful of your time. Where can, where can our listeners um, contact you? Uh, obviously, if you have not connected with Teresa on LinkedIn, do so immediately. But um, have you got an email address or would you prefer just LinkedIn? Yeah, no, I mean, LinkedIn is totally fine, but we also, I, you can also contact me in my UTS email um, address, which is uh, teresa.vidalkaleja at uts.edu.au. Yeah, I'll put it, I'll put it in the show notes. So, Teresa, thank you so much for your time. Your journey is um, inspiring. I, I just, I can imagine your PhD students, they're so lucky to have you because I can see your passion that you have and your passion as a teacher. So, um, congratulations on everything you're working on. And definitely, I'd love to circle back to you in a, in a few months' time on the project with the, the blind um, assistance technology you're working on. For sure, that would be, be great. Thank you Thank so you. much, Nikki, for inviting me and having me. It's a great pleasure. And to our audience out there, thank you for joining us for another episode of Let's Talk Robotics. Please do follow the podcast if you're not already and uh, give us some feedback. Contact Teresa for any questions you may have. She'd love to hear from you. And I'll see you or you'll hear from me again next week in Let's Talk Robotics. Mm-hmm.